Welcome, everybody. This is the Small Council, where we discuss anything and everything, A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game by Simon. Uh Just to give you a small rundown, I know I kind of go through this every show, but since we're kind of new, I kind of want to add it uh, to each show for a while so that you kind of know what we're about. So the reason we do our show this way is it adds an element of, you know, the viewers being able to get you know, firsthand everything that we're saying live, you know, uh, right as we're doing it, and gives us the ability to take on callers and let them talk to our guests. So anyone listening out there that's listening live, if you want to use the call-in number and call in uh, towards the end of the show, we'll, I'll probably uh, let one, maybe two, depending on how much time we have, uh, jump on with us and ask uh, our guest uh, tonight some questions, or even if you just have questions for us, or just something you want to add to our discussion we've already talked about. Uh, even if it's something that you know we're done talking about and kind of talked about earlier in the show, uh, whatever you want to do, just you know, kind of give an element to uh, a better connection between us and the community. Uh, tonight we have with us uh, our co-hosts Justin, Brett, and Chris. Unfortunately, Jose is unable to make it tonight, but uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be on with us next week uh, when we talk about another faction. Um, and then also our special guest tonight is Colin, the editor of the On the Table Gaming. Thank, uh, thanks for coming on, Colin. Hey, glad to be here. So, uh, you know, for those out there that uh, haven't, uh, like, read your articles or, you know, uh, maybe they're just kind of new to the game, uh, can you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started playing uh, right about the time of the original Kickstarter and then just kind of never stopped. Um, this game kind of <laughs> brought me going to yeah, my, my first conventions, uh, played in the, uh, the PAX 2018 tournament. Uh, played at Adepticon last year, played at Gen Con, was at the Simon Expo. Simon Expo is kind of easy because I'm from Atlanta, so it didn't really require as much traveling as the rest of them. But uh, just have been consistently playing. And then recently, uh, probably about three, four months ago, um, I reached out to Chase. I've got a little bit of a writing background and just to see if he needed some help with some of the articles on the website. And uh, ever since then, I've just been kind of trying to help out, uh, clean up some articles, use it occasionally to put an article or two out of my own and just stay involved as much as I can. Awesome. Yeah. Again, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, it's, you know, the topic is Lannisters and, uh, I believe we played at Adepticon and, uh, you're a very hard match with your, uh, Tyrion list. So it's awesome to have another Lannister players, uh, you know, voice on here to kind of give some tips and tricks, uh, to, you know, it's the uh, conversation. Uh, but first off on our list uh, of things we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to jump right into Tyrion Control. So this is, you know, something that's not easy to play. Uh, he has uh, a hard, you know, a, a big learning curve if you're just jumping into him because a lot of his tricks are not straightforward, but his ceiling, like his potential, is really high. And he can really you know, mess up your plans, and if you, you know, depending on the list you can put them in, can really be an offensive uh, tool as well. So, yeah, definitely. Um, um, sorry, 
Go ahead. Uh, it, 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 it's Brett, and I'm interrupting everybody because I love Tyrion so much. <laughs> no, um, it's pretty hard to talk about Lannisters and not talk about Commander Tyrion. Um, the gentleman who won Gen Con the year before I did, I believe his name's Don Shelke, also won with a Tyrion Lannister list. So it's definitely a favorite of tournament players. Like Dave said, um, you generally, when you pick up Tyrion, you are probably going to get kicked in the teeth until you really learn that play style. And uh, there's so much involved in it besides just mastering his cards. Uh, I really feel like to play Tyrion effectively, you pretty much need to know every single faction and what they can do because his order obviously is only once per round and you really need to know what's in your opponent's deck uh, to know when to pop that order. And sometimes you're, you're popping the order early because it's a card that you just really have to stop. And then sometimes you're kind of holding on to it until the end of the round. And you might, you might spend it on a card that probably wasn't worth saving it for, but it was because you were afraid that they had a certain card. Um, one card for me that was pretty much a must stop was Watcher on the Wall for Night's Watch. That's the Sun card charge. where after... Well, Watcher on the Wall is after a friendly unit is attacked, uh, a friendly unit may make a free march or maneuver action. And generally, with that card, they're marching up to your flank, and it's going to be really, really bad news. Because at the time, mm-hmm. I was playing him a lot. Foreign Brothers were six points, and they were everywhere. And that that seven attacks at the time, hitting on threes with critical blows and sundering in your flank was just nasty, nasty business. So I really felt like I needed to stop that card and keep them in front of me as much as I could. But the the larger point is you really have to do your research on the other factions because you have to know what cards are the most important to stop. And then you have to kind of make a judgment call every single time. Like, am I got, it's, the order happens on a five plus. So you have to decide in the game, is it worth how many cards am I going to throw out? How many am I willing to throw out to try to stop this card? And there would be times for me, I would pitch everything but a commander card if I needed to. to re- I, there's been times I've thrown four, five, six cards out to repeat that order because it was that important to stop the cards that they had. So um, it's definitely a learning cl- curve, but it is very rewarding. And then building a list around him is key and a lot of guys have a lot of different play styles. I know, Dave, you're adamant about running crossbows no matter what in a Tyrion list. Uh, Colin, like, they hire activation. I stick to, like, six with a Tyrion list. Two really powerful NCUs and four super nasty combat units is generally how I run it. Um, the version I would run of him now would probably be uh, two Bolton Flademen. Uh, maybe some warrior sons with a champion of faith, Tyrion and his little guard unit, and Cersei and Tywin. That's probably what I would rock. Let's, and uh, let's be honest, though, that's that's three nasty units. I would hardly hardly consider Tyrion and some guardsmen a nasty unit. <laughs> but no, it no. it definitely does perform very well. It does when when you're able to work his cards in and. Uh, uh, get those flayed men charging, potentially wiping the unit out and then charging again. Uh, the warrior sons could be there to put out the vulnerable and panic tokens. Uh, it could just get really, it doesn't seem like much, but you really just have to play with it. And uh, obviously I won Gen Con with only three hammer units and um, then Tyrion 
sitting there in his guard just pointing those three units into the fray, and it worked out pretty well. So, One Jampion yep. is a strong way to put it. What? <laughs> I said winning Gen Con is a strong way to put it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you didn't see that? Was, they came after the tournament. They gave him the giant Gen Con wreath. They were like, congratulations, Brett. You've won everything. <laughs> it would be really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I won the general the, – the, the, that was the Hand of the King tournament, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Well, it was the final. Like the main Song of Ice and Fire tournament for sure. I, I won. I won the finals at Gen Con with four combat units, and one of them was Tyrion and his lowly guard. Now, every once in a while, now I, I don't really appreciate my guy Dave here talking talking crap about Tyrion and his guard. Tyrion and his dudes will get some shivs in every once in a while. <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm not saying that they can't do anything. But you said four monster units, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in the old days, you know and they failed a panic check. Uh, I mean, that could turn them into a monster with that minus two. Uh-huh. Double ones. Their monster role is giving somebody else their activation, okay? Do not downplay Tyrion's <laughs> guards. <laughs> I'm going to downplay yeah, him all day, bro. No, I, I misspoke. It's three. I, I play with three super potent combat units, and then Tyrion has the dummy activation. So. Um, but Colin plays it a little bit differently than I do, so he can he can jump in there and give some of his opinions on it. I do play it differently, play it. but I also don't win the major tournaments with it, so there may be something to get for your approach. <laughs> One may be better um, than the other. Who knows? <laughs> right? Um, I, I do tend to prefer six six activations always makes me feel like I'm kind of starting off uh, at a bit of a deficit. Um, so the, the minimum I usually like to run is seven. I will run six on occasion, but it's been a long time since I've tried to run one competitively. Um, I, I tend to, the, the list I'm usually, that I'm kind of looking at is my high competition Tyrion list currently is, uh, Tyrion in a unit of poor fellows, uh, vanilla unit of Lannister guardsmen. And those are my two batteries. I'm basically pulling from them. I've got Preston in a unit of, uh, bastard scrolls, uh, pyromancers with an assault veteran, uh, mountains men with an assault veteran, and then Baelish in Pycelle. And uh, what I my role, goal is really to prioritize my card draw as much as possible while protecting my more vulnerable units and cycling my Lannister deck as much as possible till I'm basically just at the point where I'm just using adaptive tactics to pull exactly what I need at any given time as early as possible. And it's like I said, I didn't win Gen Con. I. I won one of the preliminary tournaments and played second in another. So it's not the worst list in the world. No, it's definitely solid. And then uh, actually with uh, with Barris going to five points and losing a little bit of his control, I can see where he still has a place in a Tyrion list, but uh, I think I think you're on a really... I, I think you've got a really good thing going there with Peter Baelish and uh, the Kingsguard because Peter Baelish can jump on the crown now your Kingsguard are at their best, and but you can still either draw two cards or you can uh, use the combat zone to send those bastards girls running off. So I was actually thinking, too, that Peter Baelish in a Lannister list, I think you're probably going to see it a lot more because if they don't have Cersei to jump on the crown or it's not the most 
opportune thing for them. I think Baelish fills that role really, really nicely of jumping on the crown zone and then immediately giving an action to a Kingsguard unit, and they're going to either pull a card or Miran Tran is going to hand out a condition token, and it's uh, it's pretty nice. Or, Those are my I two mean, favorite I'll, Kingsguard. Yeah, a lot of the time what I'll do with them is I'll put them on the crown, but then I'll just take the tactic zone, get those two cards, especially in the early rounds when I'm not really relying on Tyrion secondary card effects as much yet, um, so it's not as big a deal if I don't control the tactic zones. That means I'll get two cards automatically, and then I'll get additional cards every time those Bastards Girls uh, take an action, two cards if I'm attacking with them. So it really helps me cycle fast in the early round or two. Tyrion loves cards, but I, I think... Tyrion uh, does love cards. I, I think Chris has something to say about uh, Lannisters in general, so... So, unlike these fine chaps, I hate Lannisters. <laughs> and the only Lannister I do like is a dead one. <laughs> now, saying that, I have played exactly one game using a Lannister, and it was a demo game just because the other guy wanted to use Starks. And I felt like being nice to the guy because I wanted to actually play the game. That being said, I play against these guys a lot. And as a free folk guy, they're a real pain. Especially this Lannister supremacy nonsense. Because my guys are very courageous to begin with. And that really doesn't help our cause. And Tyrion, my free folk deck isn't my favorite one to begin with. And when this guy shuts off the three cards I actually do want to use is a nuisance. <laughs> so yeah. I like I like killing them a lot. Are are you still having as many issues with Lannister Supremacy and Panic in general after the one point five changes with Free Folk? Eh, some, but you know, they're not as bad. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Yes. Chris, can you really blame the guy for wanting to play Starks in the demo? Exactly. I mean, I would, too. The broken Starks? Well, let's be honest. They weren't that broken back in the day when we started this, so... Well, that, if you're thinking about the demo, you're thinking about the starter box. And is there anything really broken in the starter box or even, like, overpowered? Yeah, the guard captain. Screw that guy. No, I'm talking about for Starks. Oh, no. I mean, they don't have the great axes. You can't get Hodor. I mean, you got one wolf, but he's arguably the, the worst of all four. True. Put that new Umber champion and some Berserkers. Yeah, I know. Berserkers, Outriders, Umber yeah. champion, they're all really good now. Well, Berserkers didn't change. No, but, I'm, you know. I'm not. They're yeah, always really good. Yeah, they are definitely really good, but I'm I'm more so talking about, like, the stuff that's, like, over the top. Um, right. But, yeah, uh, I think we're going to move on, though, to kind of get through the rest of the stuff, uh, you know, try to keep on track here. Um, but, yeah, Tyrion, uh, just uh, one last point, actually, for those that are trying to face him, uh, things you can do. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, have multiple plans. Tyrion, in my opinion, in this game, is the master of con- you know a control list, uh, especially if you um, design it to be you know as controlly as you can. Uh, if you're playing against it, 
have multiple plans because he will screw up your plan if they're playing it right. If you have, you know, a, you know, a narrow, you know, like one plan, you know, kind of tunnel vision in that one plan, it's really going to be an uphill battle. So just try to, you know, even like a game of chess, think of all the different outcomes, all the different strategies, you know, plan B, plan C, and think so many moves ahead. And always assume that Tyrion's going to have, uh, correct me, the name of the card, Brett, uh, the one where you can uh, delay orders, uh, I believe, delay right? Orders. Is that the one? Yep. Yeah. Uh, delay that orders card is something else. going to screw up your plan uh, more times than, you know, it screwed up my plan more times than I can count. So just keep that in mind. But Just do what uh, I do and on, don't go gonna... into it with a plan. He does do a what? Just don't go into it with no plan. Just ask Justin. I move things for random reasons, and people are like, what is this guy doing? And he's Marching actually part up. of the plan. <laughs> like uh, me and Justin, when I go, you know, YOLO, and I say, run over a bog needing boxcars, and I get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not even going to lie. That is actually a viable strategy. If there is one thing that I can't throw me off of my game, it's people doing completely random, unexpected stuff. Like, what What are you doing? Am I missing something? What well, is he planning? In all, fair, in all fairness, though, doing it with berserkers when you know you're going to pass that failed uh, panic that if you fail to charge is not a big deal. You're like, you know, YOLO, let's see if I can get this charge in and completely, you know, change, you know, the combat around. And Meanwhile, oh, I didn't get it. Oh, I passed completely. my panic. <laughs> so, yeah, right and, I have, yeah. <laughs> and I have to see you Friday. Oh, no, I have to see so, uh, you. Yeah. So next up on our list, though, we have uh, uh, NCUs. We're going to kind of talk about uh, in general. Uh, not necessarily every single one that they have available to them, but just, uh, you know, really good NCUs to use in a lot of lists. Not necessarily must-takes, but strong takes. Takes, uh, you know, things you're going to see more often than not and that you can reliably plan to see if you're facing uh, Lannisters or if you're trying to decide uh, between which NCU. Um, we're going to let uh, Colin head this one off. Sure. So I feel like nowadays Cersei isn't as common as she used to be. She still has her place, but it's not an auto-include for a lot of people. Um, Tywin is hands down amazing. Um, I wish I could fit him in uh, to a few more of my lists. Sometimes it feels like there's usually a better option. I also am maybe a little overly reliant on Baelish. Um, but the ability to just, at any given point, if you're about to just really get hit hard, just go, nope, nope, not anymore, and shut something down for the entire round, drop like a tactical nuke of tokens on it, watch the, uh, you know, just fall out in your opponent's face, get all sad looking it's 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 a beautiful thing um i i've been using joffrey as an ncu a lot more i've been trying to run a lot of uh kingsguard attachments um the more i play around with that the more i kind of work with building lists around it the more i'm really enjoying it um i've got a high sparrow faith militant list with the, a bunch of kingsguard attachments it's a lot of fun um, beyond that, the most recent thing I found that I liked is just if I'm running an actual Joffrey list, Tycho's fantastic. Um, just to make sure that if your Kingsguard 
do get hit and they're about to die, you can bring them back up right next turn, keep them alive and kicking and doing damage. And then, of course, there's pot yeah, I, I mean, you know. My, you know, my favorite thing right now is uh, is a Joffrey combined with Walder tactic. Um, it's, you know, having Walder half of the game, it's kind of, you know, it depends on what your opponent has, whether or not it's really worth it. Um, but Lannisters, you know, they already want the crown. And unlike, in my opinion, Baratheons, they want the crown, but a lot of their crown effects aren't so worth it that you're going out of your way. Uh, it's really only if you have three NCUs sort of a thing, and there's, you know, you're just going to take it anyways. But Lannisters have a lot of really good effects Four that need the crown. So Joffrey, yeah, Joffrey and uh, Walder are an awesome combo. Florent with Baratheons is a really good way of securing the crown, but I would probably rather secure the money bags with the Baratheons and some Stormcrows, but that's another subject. Sorry. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? I think he, I think he might've had to run off. Uh, I'll text him and I'll see what he says. Uh, I think we just lost Colin, but I think he's back I now. I think uh, I'm Colin back. back. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Excellent. Yep. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, oh, Justin, are you there? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, what do you think about the NCUs for Lannisters, even the, even the neutral ones as options? Uh, well, hmm. I don't really want to talk about neutrals, I guess. Well, no, Walder Frey is just such an easy <laughs> take for Lannisters because you need the crown all the time for so many abilities. I mean, an entire box they neut- or the Lannisters, too, is you need the crown. You're like, all right, I guess I'll take it. So he is an easy fit in there. I mean, five points, but welcome to my life. Yep. I like Tywin. I'm a little biased there because Tywin's like one of my favorite characters. Um, it's a little hard, in my opinion, for like, I don't know. He's really good, but I sh- usually try to veer away from one-time effects, even though his one-time effect can be av- absolutely devastating. Um, other than that, Cersei sucks. <laughs> like, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm just going to say a lot of the things everyone else said at this point. Gotcha. Uh, anyone else have anything to add? If not, we can kind of move on. I think uh, a lot of the – I feel like the Lannisters, are, even when you add in the neutrals, have very specific roles. And a lot of times it kind of comes um, – it, depending on what your direction is uh, for your list, it's – a lot of times it's easy to kind of pick what you're going to be aiming for. You know, Tywin, you want Pycelle for the um, weekend uh, spamming. Uh, you have a Lannister supremacy list and or Vicious. Uh, you're going to want Cersei. Uh, Walder is definitely not a bad option with or without Joffrey NCU. Um, you know, you have Peter to get that crown. So I think, uh, I think a lot of the NCUs, forget- fortunately, for-, for Lannisters is – a lot of straightforward based on what you're aiming to do. You're, you're kind of railroaded into a choice depending on your list. I, I, I can't, I can't let you forget yeah. my boy too. And the MCU, it's a four card hand. And then it's the, a four the, card the, hand. The, 
it's a full yeah, card Brett, hand. but you're forgetting you one get to thing. Look at what? You can't take him as a commander then. <laughs> so that's true. Mm, he got you. We'll go with that. I love him doing it to you, though. I would, uh, I would not put it past Brett to show up to uh, Adepticon with the Tyrion list and have Tyrion NCU and just claim it's Jack and already transformed. <laughs> he lost yeah, height. <laughs> completely my style. But uh, we're going to jump into the next like, uh, legs off. I mean, that leads to a question. <laughs> like in the in the lore, can Jockin imitate Tyrion? Yeah, he could. It's yeah. uh, it's magic, so. Hmm. I'm nerd like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Justin here, uh, Colin has read the books like what twice and listened through the uh, maybe yeah. two or three times, and then listened through the audio books like audiobook. two or three times. Oh, okay. Like I mean, aren't you like in your second time through though, or something like that? Uh, no, no. I finished my first time through. Okay. I read them beforehand. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, we're gonna jump on to the next one, uh, which is. Uh, mountainless, um, in particular, uh, mountainless without Varus. Uh, we're kind of going to lump those together. Um, Brett, what do you think on this one? What do you think uh, uh, the impact of Varus is going to do? Oh God, the mountain. Um, I don't. I don't know. He is so potent offensively. And one of the reservations I had with running him before, um, obviously besides the fact that I always wanted to run Tyrion, but outside of that, I was always afraid of enemy Varys because uh, he was so popular in the tournament scene. It was like, well, I'm going to get in a position where I want to play Orders to Destroy, but it's going to just get Varys. And then not only did I lose one of my best cards, but now my Gregor Pyromancers are hanging out there with their holding themselves and they're right out in the middle of the battlefield. But now that Varus can't cancel zone replacement per se. Now if they're if they're savvy enough to predict that move, which you don't necessarily have to telegraph it, they can still cancel the zone. But at least um, you're not burning the card. Yeah. Being they they can no longer see the card and now cancel the zone. And I think God, the, I've played against mountain lists and it is so nasty. Uh, presumably, almost the entire army is going to have Vicious. And actually, uh, Ben um, Ben won the Thailand, I think it was the Thailand uh, National Championship with a Gregor list. And it's just, oh my god, it's nasty business. Uh, presumably, the entire army is going to have Vicious. And under 1.5, they're going to be failing more often. So it's two to four wounds on top of whatever Gregor's nasties have thrown at you. Uh, Mountains men, I believe, have gotten better in 1.5 than they were before. Um, They used to be unable to go toe-to-toe with things like veterans or berserkers that had a little bit higher morale because even if they failed their panic check, it was usually by one, maybe two. Now being able to potentially carve four guys off with just the panic test is really nasty. And then obviously you might have Sandor in the list to get that keyword. And then having cut them down on top of vicious, you're looking at four to six per failed panic test. Um, I think mountain lists, if they're not already popular, they should be, and maybe they will be Um, anything that allows 
basically a stark sudden charge, but Orders to Destroy gives you two more attack dice, too. And if you can pull those disgusting Gregor combos where, like, yeah, here come here come my Gregor Pyromancers or even my Gregor Mountains Men or Cutthroats, they're charging. Gregor, they're uh, or not even not even Gregor Mountains Men, but even uh, Dario Mountains Men, Cripplo, Pre- oh, God, Precision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Critical blows on uh, hives, precision doesn't allow saves on sixes. Then you've got overrun in the mix for another free charge. I mean, I know it's in your head you want this perfect trio. I'm going to charge for free, roll two attack dice. I'm going to do critical blows on fives, then I'm going to overrun for another free charge. But, like, that can happen. <laughs> the fact that that can it, happen yeah. is really scary. <laughs> and even any just one part of that combo can be game-changing. Oh, it's, it's potent. It's disgusting. Uh, even Knights of Castle Rock, if you hold them back and just use them as a finisher and you have an overrun in your hand, nobody wants two charges with Knights of Castle Rock back-to-back. They, we save that stuff for the broken Tully Cavaliers, right? <laughs> Little sudden charging Tully Cav days. But no, um, it's, I think I think he's nasty. Even, uh, yeah, it's... Dario definitely adds a lot to a mountain list, um, especially if you have the points and you want to go more elite and like you know more like a four well, point or a four unit list. You can run Gregor Commander in one. You can run Sandor in another for uh, especially if you want like another House uh, uh, Clegane um, unit uh, that isn't yeah. you know a mountainsman, and then you run Dario in some. Mountains men, and you know those three attachments alone on certain units is, you know, can be pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, Justin, you, what do you think about all this? So first thing I want to say is, even though I know it's an incredibly potent combo, I despise the fact that big old giant mountain Gregor Clegane is hanging out in battle next to all the bald old pyromancers. It drives me nuts. You'd expect him in the vanguard yeah. of an army, like, plunging through the middle, just dishing out damage left and right, and instead he's hanging out with the fire-throwing weirdos. Maybe he's picking them <laughs> off in, like, each hand and using them to hit the other people with. <laughs> Maybe. I, don't, I always just, like, hated it. I'm like, ah, oh, pyromancers, I, they're really good. I absolutely understand their value, but I hate them so much because of what they are. <laughs> Um, I always wanted, so when I first started playing the game, uh, before I knew the majesty of neutrals or whatever it's called, um, I got my Kickstarter in. I was really excited to play Lannisters because I actually like the Lannisters in the lore, which shame or not shame, I don't really care. But, uh, Gregor Clegane reading through his cards, I'm kind of a generally straightforward kind of player. I, I, I like hitting things with big sticks. And he's definitely the biggest of the sticks, and he hits things really hard with them. So I always enjoyed playing him. However, I don't have very good luck, so all my, like, Death Star units explode before they do anything good, and it's very sad. Like, uh, flayed men who, uh... Get one shot by flayed men with no buffs? Oh, yeah, that's it. And didn't even attack you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the Death Star kind of blew up before it could do too much in the way of good, so it's kind of... At least it blew up a planet's... <laughs> I just want to no. So what David was talking about just now. This is my experience playing Lannisters before 1.5. I guess now it's actually not as bad. But uh, twice this has happened. Only once against David. He just had a whole guardsman list with captains. So I get the flank charge with flayed men on guardsmen. I have now never 
decided to do that ever again. But I get them. I did, I think, five or six wounds, which wasn't great either. But um, hit them as hard as I can, fail the panic test, or they pass their panic test, so I take mine. Roll a double one, naturally, so that sucked. And then I get Cersei Bomb, the, the next activation, and Fealty to the Crown. So I lost my entire Flavin unit without anything activating. Yeah, it was This was before was the clarification, so we did one wound for every wound, not model. This was very early, so uh, I went back to, I think, like full health, and I didn't even attack him. I just, he died from a panic off of Supremacy and then Cersei Bomb. It was game over. I was so sad. Actually, but, I was mostly mad. Uh, Colin, I was sad. <laughs> um, Colin, uh, what do you think? I know we're kind of so, on a tangent I there. Mean, these, I mean, Gregor's obviously awesome. Um Especially now, he does a ton of damage. I mean, he's going to wreck things. I, I uh, wrote an article about this last week. I we still haven't found any reason why this tactic is not legal. So as far as we can tell, it is completely legal. If you're playing Clash of Kings and you're running a Gregor list and you throw Jock in into one of your other units, um, you can rush Gregor out there just do as much damage as you want. Have Jockin out there uh, in a unit of probably either Mountains Men, another unit of Pyromancer, or something that's gonna gonna do some hurt, or something defensive. Kill when Gregor dies. Pop Jockin, turn him into another Gregor that can one take advantage of all Gregor's cards, two uh, get two points on objectives, and then bring Gregor back in and have two Gregor Cleganes running around on the field just melting and smashing everything that's out there. It's a lot of fun. So the Gregor play style is really right up my alley, and the only thing that really stops me from doing it is the fact that he's a Lannister. Because any of that pure offensive melee glory is what I love. And nobody really does it better than this guy. So if he wasn't a Lannister, I would be all over this guy. I'm just hoping somebody else down the line. I was really hoping a great John could do something like that. But I guess I'll have to keep waiting. He's more hurt you when, you know, you're dying rather than just hurt you outright. Exactly. Um, that and, like, I don't know, yeah, like you said, uh, they're both kind of like a you know, hurt you really bad. They just do it in different ways. And Gregor is more of the aggressive, hit you up front. Um, but that's kind of the nature of Starks. They've always, I shouldn't say always, there are a couple uh, units that aren't that way, but uh, they do have a lot of the get better as, you know, or get additional effects as they um, get hurt or die. Um, yeah, so it, it's definitely, uh, Gregor is definitely, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, you have to really watch out for his uh, offensive potential. Well, you sure aren't looking for his defensive potential. Unless your offense is the good defense. If you can kill him, Not that's how I Gregor. do it with uh, <laughs> that's how I do it with my all umber list. Uh, I just I hit them so hard that their hit back is so weak that it you know, that's kinda like my defense. And then you combine some blackfish healing. No, your defense your offense charge. Get out defense. of here. 
that was a healing too. But yeah, it's a combination of both of those. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, I want to kind of jump back into what uh, Colin was saying about that combo. Oh. I'm gonna kind of be the devil's advocate about that. Um, I agree. It's it's a little crazy that you can have two commanders taking effect of you know it really for me it's just the effect of the uh the two points for being a commander which is huge. um i think i think you should maybe be allowed to say which one like if he comes back in you just declare which one um because essentially they are both the same uh guy you know in terms of rules um so you should just say you know this is the commander it's um, kind of like when you had an but, MCU commander in the original version of it, and you would designate an attachment as a proxy. If you have two copies of your commander out there, you designate one as alpha and then just go from there. It makes perfect sense to me. I, I personally agree. I think it's overpowered. I don't think it should be available. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the boat where I don't think it's that crazy because uh, let's, let's just say on average, though, um, unless – your opponent just obliterates you. Uh, Gregor probably won't die until turn three. You know, you, your first turn is getting to each other. Second turn, you get in combat, and let's say they then kill you turn three, and then you uh, turn Jacken into Gregor turn three. Uh, then most competitive games end about turn five. That means you spent two points to have uh, a Gregor, uh, a Gregor commander for two turns, and the only thing that kind of makes it. Uh, in my opinion, strong is the ability to potentially get another two additional victory points out of that. Um, but I don't really see it as like so bad that uh, you know it's going to ruin like the competitive scene. But it will uh, put you know bad taste in some people's mouths. Uh, that it would be nice if they just take that part away. You know, you could still say they're both Gregors. They both affect Gregors cards and. They both have the affiliation. Uh, just take away the ability to have essentially two commanders on the battlefield. You would just have to declare one. Or it would default to whoever was on the table. So Jackin would be your commander until he dies. If he then dies, the original Gregor becomes the commander. But then again, you have to ask yourself, that could be a downside if they decide to fix it in the way of implementing a bonus for killing your commander. If they go, do a plus one victory point, if your commander dies, then you running that your would, commander up there to the die really quickly. Yeah, if you run your commander up there, Gregor, to do this, to die, to then create another Gregor, that's one victory point. And now even though you have this other commander, they could then kill your commander again, uh, like back to back, especially if you have them in like a dual pyromancer or something. Uh, and so I, would, I think that, Dave, I would actually be, that would be a, perfectly okay with that as a way to, to resolve it. Um, it's, it, it depends on who's playing it, who you're playing against, like everything as to whether or not it could be strong, but the rest of the reward. Correct. And, and the way that I've, I see it right now, I mean, you put Gregor in a unit of pyromancers, wait to deploy him second and put him across from at least one of your other units and then just basically rush him up as fast as you can. So we can get into combat by round two. There's a good chance he's going to die in round two, and then you have Jockin already yep. coming in and getting onto the field. Then again, it comes down to how well you do killing your opponent, because if those pyromancers end up killing your opponent faster than they're able to then 
you know, let's say, like I was saying, your offense becomes your defense and you hit them, let's say, before they hit you, and now they're only throwing, like, five dice at you, uh, it could really hey, – that's a win, you know, too, though. Well, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, though, that uh, – though that jack-in is a, uh, a liability in the sense that you don't know how many turns you're going to get him for. you got to ask yourself, is two points worth the amount of turns you'll get with the attachment that you replace with him? And that's kind of why I haven't taken him yet is because my assumption is I, I like to go on averages best I can when I'm making a, a tournament list. And most of the time – I a unit is not going to die until turn three with the exception of some some games. And even then, you got to ask yourself if there's even an attachment or an attachment worth it that dies in turn two. Uh, and then you got to, on average, at least in my experience, and I've played a lot of uh, tournament games, most of them end in turn five because someone's triggered ten victory points, meaning is two points worth the two rounds you'll have the attachment. And then, you, you know it's almost unreliable to even run him with the intention of ever taking your opponent's attachment. You would have to uh, run it with the intention of taking your own. And then, like you said, it would probably have to be something where you run like Gregor and Pyromancer, something that's going to die quick or do killing quick. So that way, you know, you give yourself a uh, an out. So you either have the outcome of you hurt them really bad and you're like, okay, cool. Or you, it's like your safety net of, oh man, my Death Star just blew up. Okay, now you've just made me stronger in one way. But yeah, I think a, an easy fix for Simon would be just give a victory point if your commander dies, and then just let the ability to have two commanders. But now you're risking giving up extra points every time. Yeah, and I, I think that's an elegant solution as well. I I like that. I mean, plus, I mean, you, you would never run him as Stark because why do that when you can run Mysterious Prisoner and Every time you kill one of their units, either they don't ever want to put the unit in danger, or if you're playing Clash of Kings, you're just going to murder every single NCU they have. Yep, and that's that's something I think might need to be fixed. Uh, uh, I mean, especially if you put it, let's say they have that weak anchor unit, and you could kind of play like reserved and keep it out of there, but sometimes, you know, if you're coming in the flank with like Tully uh, Cavaliers, Granted, you come on activated, but if you can con- uh, consistently just charge into that unit and obliterate them, let's say uh, it's Free Folk and I decide to put it in a Raider unit, uh, I could be like, okay, you know, I'm going to kill all your NCUs before the turn of the game's over because uh, I don't believe you have the option to not bring them in. Um, so I think that might be a little too powerful for uh, Clash of Kings. But, I mean, this is all uh, in theory or you know, just my speculation because I have yet to play him in Clash of Kings, and but I just feel like the potential is out there that it could be way too strong. But um, I think we're going to jump into the next one though. Uh, we're a little more than halfway done with the show. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about this one because this one I think uh, a lot of people have experienced plenty themselves, either as or playing as or against, and that's Lannister supremacy. Um, you know how it uh, how it uh, is with 1.5 and the change to panic. I'm going to leave this one off with saying that Cersei, if you're even at like half 
Lannister Supremacy or more in your list, Cersei is almost a must. A big uh, thing you can do uh, to really deter your opponent, if they have a ranged unit, stick Cersei on them every single round. And if they're going to shoot at your Lannister Lannister Supremacy units, when their morale, I think the best, correct me if I'm wrong, the best morale for like a long range, with the exception of Bastard Girls coming to mind, um, is like seven with uh, Stark Bowman. And then you have eights with Lannister and Night's Watch. Or no, Night's Watch uh, is seven, and then Lannisters are eight. And so uh, you're really going to make them not want, because that's going to be a minus four every time they shoot you and you pass your morale test. So taking Cersei almost as a deterrent for them to ever shoot you with a lot of the ranged units is a big deal. It sucks. Yeah. So, so I mean, from from my perspective, I I, I guess I may be a weird Lannister player, but I've I've haven't really run her a lot since like I first started playing the game and getting into it. Mostly just because there, I, I've just always felt there are better options and more kind of tactically advantageous ways that I can either use and to use. Um, or use my units. And th- that being said, I mean, she's fantastic, and everything you just said is true as well. So it may just be that I've got a blind spot for her. Yeah, I think she, uh, uh, for me, I've played Lasters quite a bit, even though they're not my main faction, um, and I've played against them. I find her to be, especially now, I'd say she's easily in at least a third of my list because she has a place in a lot of, you know, the mountains list with Vicious, um, a lot of the Lannister Supremacy lists. Uh, but yeah, with the Lannister Supremacy, she just, she'll really deter a unit from wanting to attack you every single round. If you just plop her on someone, you know, first, first activation every round. And now they're going to question, unless their morale is really good, they're really going to question whether or not they're going to want to attack you or they're going to wait to attack you, which could also um, benefit your tactic. Uh, you know, if you're afraid a unit might die off, but they're not so sure they can kill you in the one swing and it might hurt you and you hurt them in return to take a minus four to a panic test. Granted, now it's not as swingy as before, you know, with the minus four and stack all these modifiers and roll snake eyes and blow up. But, you know, your chances of taking two to four wounds is fairly high uh, when you factor, uh, you know, a minus four. And in a, uh, you know, a ranged unit constantly, you know, especially if you're going to be taking like free attacks or even like a, a Lannister versus Lannister and you have that tiering list that wants to constantly reactivate crossbowmen, uh, it's going to be a deterrent to want to do that if you have Cersei. I think I think even without Cersei, Lannister supremacy works really well. Um, I like we've already kind of touched on. I generally play like a more elite armies right now. My my current boo is Night's Watch, and I really really like veterans. But uh, I don't really want any part of Lannister Guard with a guard captain. It's not that I feel like they're <laughs> going to kill my veterans, because they're just really probably not going to. But I, for for it seems like uh, units that have like a maybe a four to a six morale, 
that little slightly above average to pretty good morale are hurting from the 1.5 change. And that this isn't me bitching about it and saying, oh, Simon, you must change it back. No, it's fine. You you adapt to it. But um, for me, it seems like veterans really suffer from it because, like I said, if I fail a morale check, I probably rolled a four or I probably rolled, you know, a six if it was modified by two. And I'm taking like four wounds from it. And it's just like uh, veterans just want to stay alive. They're not super great at killing stuff. They will grind things down, but they want to stay alive. So they, they're they not going to get in a punching match with Lannister Guard, who also have a three-plus save. And then your punishment for attacking us is we're going to automatically pass this panic check, and then you have to take one at minus two. And for some reason, you're going to fail, and now we're beating the crap out of you. And it's weird, but it happens. I've had veterans get one-shotted by... Uh, Lannister guard before too for some reason but things happen in this game and it's just really funny and you move on but I think supremacy is still it's uh it's good you know you don't you don't want to send those flayed men necessarily at that guard with captain because you know they're going to pass the check and say flayed men for example they're getting pushed effectively to an eight which they should be more likely to fail and maybe they take more wounds from it than they did to you do you do you want to roll the d3 I don't want to roll the D3. Do any of you guys want to roll the D3? I'll roll the D3. You're taking? I don't want to. So I just I stay away from them generally. And uh, that's good. If you're a Lannister player and you, you're creating zone control with a defensive unit, that's probably a good thing. Um, I think it's just as viable, maybe better than it was before, because even Berserkers have to be a little bit nervous, right, Dave? Like maybe a little bit? Yep, like, I've, man, I've definitely five, experienced... Man, like, uh, my all umbralists definitely experienced a lot more uh, damage through panic than it used to, and I, yep. you know, I'm, I'm all about you know balance. And even though it hurts me more, I'm glad. You know, it, it was always a no-brainer to take like all high morale, knowing that it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about all this. I just have to worry about armor saves. But now that I actually have to worry about panic, um, it adds more element of, I guess, fairness. Because uh, no, I mean, granted, uh, we're going to talk about it in a, uh, a couple uh, topics here, the faith, faith militant, but they're kind of the exception, I think. But no list should be able to just kind of say, ah, I don't care about, you know, panic at all, ever, because panic is, whether or not people want to admit it, an extension of your defense. And uh, if all you ever have to worry about is armor saves, and those armor saves are only based on the number of hits and dice a unit can throw, uh, it you know it can really add to the uh, survivability of the unit. Uh, what do you uh, think, Justin? Uh, I think it's funny that you mentioned uh, no no one besides Faith Militant should be basically immune because every land or every Stark list I play against you is immune to morale. <laughs> Uh, it's really hard well, to, saying, especially though, that you know. I'm glad that it's you know they're no longer like completely immune. Yeah, I do really. Uh, I think the change is like super, super good because besides faith militant, even faith militant, besides the poor people, uh, everyone's really susceptible to it. Uh, however, like even though math totally says that it should work, I never get lucky with that stuff. I feel like it's hurt me so much as neutrals, but that's just bad luck. Um, Lannisters still hit just as... Actually, Lannisters are significantly better because of it, I think, and because of their ability to spread out instead of bomb stuff. I'd rather 
bring three units down to like one rank if their one rank is bad then kill one unit because that's essentially i mean if you think about how many less dice it is bring mountainsmen three units of mountainsmen down to one rank as opposed to killing one mountainsman you've taken away a lot more dice than one dead i don't know if that made any sense in my head it did i swear <laughs> yeah, kind of going back, we've talked to before, even with my free folk. You know, when this happens, there are times that I'd be losing like eight guys off of this win. And that's after the rare chance that I saved a morale in the first place. But now, I'm not losing as many guys. But, you know, I'm, even if I lose by that one point, I can still lose, you know, the two to four guys per go. And that's never good. So I still hit Lannisters and Lannister supremacy. <laughs> you, you talk about Lannisters the same way I talk about Night's Watch. All that. <laughs> I don't like those guys either, but that's a story for another day. So we'll, uh, we'll let uh, Colin kind of wrap the, wrap up this uh, topic before you move on. What do you think, uh, Colin? Anything else to add? So uh, just. One quick note, and I'm going to flog our website, and the article is a little bit doing this, but we had uh, kind of an interesting article came out about two, three weeks ago called uh, Arithmophobia, and uh, it was written by a a guy whose name I'm going to absolutely butcher, uh, Kiyame Clotier, but he did a really interesting write-up where he went through all the statistics with the uh, the new panic tests. And um, if you're looking to dive a little bit more into the numbers, see how Cersei affects things, um, I can I definitely highly recommend checking it out. And it may give you some, uh, just any listeners, just a, a good idea of what exactly you're likely to look at from a statistic standpoint with the new panic rules, especially with Cersei. Awesome. All right. So the next one uh, we're going to talk about, and I'm kind of just going to touch on this one uh, so we can move on to probably the highlight of all of them. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is halberdiers in general uh, and kind of how they're, you can make a bunker uh, list out of them. Uh, and keep in mind, uh, you know, most tournaments, or at least major tournaments, you're going to have two lists, and one offensive, like a Gregor, and one uh, control bunker list is definitely viable to have one of each uh, going in. So Halberdiers now, with the increased uh, morale, the more attacks, and not, you know, they've never degraded after the first, but now that their attacks are increased on both first and second rank, or I'm sorry, uh, their full and second rank, they're even that nastier combined with the charge rules being changed. Uh, you're really going to have to, you know, you're not going to be able to avoid it if you decide to run like a big list of halberdiers. Uh, I've mentioned, I think, this list before, but one of my favorite lists to run for Lannisters is, uh, and I have two variants of it, it's uh, Tyrion and some crossbowmen and three... Uh, another crossbowman with nothing, and then three halberdiers, all with assault vets. Or you can swap out that uh, second crossbowman for a fourth halberdier, just with nothing in it. And then you run Cersei and uh, um, Pycelle, you know, Pycelle adding that weekend to give more defense. And, you know, they're going to have to charge something. Otherwise, you're letting a bunch of eight attack uh, halberdiers charge you with Sundering, and you know, as long as they don't roll horrible, they're going to 
weaken you so that your attacks back aren't going to do as much. And if with Tyrion's uh, control and the Halberdiers just firing into you, or sorry, the uh, um, Crossmoon firing into you, and Halberdiers having that six-up morale, so you're more than likely going to pass uh, when you're shooting into combat. The whole army has Thundering. The whole army doesn't degrade after the first rank, uh, or the full ranks. So they're definitely uh, something to consider if you're looking to go defensive with, you know, and they have bite, you know, they're eight, eight, uh, four, I believe now hitting on fours, but if your opponent's going to let you charge them, you're getting that reroll. So just wanted to touch on that, uh, since we're running short on time, um, so that people know out there that you definitely have a really good defensive control option. Uh, and then we're, we're going to move on to, uh, the last of kind of the topics before we move on to a couple sample lists is, uh, the faith. Uh, all faith uh, tournament lists or like tournament uh, what you're going to see. Um, usually it's going to be, uh, I think most that I've seen, uh, and there's definitely some wiggle room. You're going to see two uh, champion or two, um, what are they called? Uh, warrior sons, two warrior sons and three poor fellows with some attachments. That part is kind of what varies, but usually as far as the units go, you're going to see, uh, that, and then you're going to obviously have Sparrow, and if you're doing like Kingsguard, you're going to see Joffrey MCU, um, but I'm going to let uh, Brett jump in on this one and kind of go over what you're going to see and, you know, what to play and how to counter. Well, we have a guy in Indy that plays it right now. His version of it, uh, well, the one that I think is, gives me the most fits personally is uh Three warrior sons, all with champions of the faith. Uh, two naked poor fellows, uh, the High Sparrow and Pycelle. And it it doesn't seem like much, but um, the big part of the list just hinges on their ability to heal. It's like Night's Watch level healing. Um, the warrior sons are problematic because they're always going to have faith tokens. There's just nothing that you can do about it. Um, there's uh, they're going to stack them up because they're going to get a faith token every time they activate. They're going to heal too, assuming that they've taken any wounds. And then when they get into combat, you just you can't understand how nasty the vulnerable and panic token is. With every single attack, uh, they're going to start putting some really really heavy damage on you, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna stack up. There's been situations where I charged those warrior sons in the flank with flayed men and obviously they live and and then they not yeah, only so. lived, they turned around and uh killed the flayed men afterwards so um it's just a lot of healing and then the sparrow adding a defense card and a healing card and an offense card it's uh it ends up being pretty nasty mixed with the, the house deck. So, um, like I said, it doesn't seem like much, but their ability to potentially activate and heal six wounds straight away by playing Mercy of the Mother and then the Champion of the Faith ability, they just don't die ever. And and their ability to survive the less ranks they are, that is ridiculously powerful. They are so hard to finish off if you don't one-shot them, which is hard to do. Correct. Which is why like, I went into yeah, one flayed men 
in the flank, but they played protection of the father and have to the hit. And Ugh. if you don't have a way to shut off guard, that's what's going to happen to you. Now, Stark are okay at that because, you know, they can play winner is coming. And assuming that they don't have one of their two counterplots in hand, they won't be able to have to hit. Now, if you hit the warrior sun while they're stuck at that four-plus save, you'll be all right. You charge into them, especially in the flank. Play winner is coming. Stop protection of the father. You'll be fine. You really almost have to one-shot them or have something that ignores armor because, like Justin just said, once they get down to that two-plus save, it's, so, it's impossible to move them. And Even with only they're four almost, They're almost effectively immune to panic. They're not completely immune. I mean, they're four, the same as berserkers, so you can get them, but... Presumably, the unit that's getting onslaughted is going to have the high sparrow on them, at which point they're effectively a two. So, yeah, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Ever moving those guys. So, it gets so pretty nasty. I want to, I want to jump into a few counters though. For those, you know, I'm sure a good amount of people out there have uh, faced this, and you know, some have maybe found uh, ways to deal with it, but. Uh, I've played it and it is hard even for like my top list and um, a couple counters to consider, especially, you know, I keep going back to this. You have two lists, uh, make that second list something that's going to be able to help you with those lists that you're, you know, worried about. In this case, Walder Frey, turning off those abilities, uh, will be priceless. You know, that four up save, is going to be so easy to deal with if you can turn that off and then their offensive ability um, is going to be nothing. Uh, or I shouldn't say nothing, but, you know, they're not going to have that panic vulnerable. Uh, they're not going to be able to uh, get Walder's going to shut off the healing from um, the champion of the faith. Uh, so Walder or any uh, anyone that uh, is going to, anything that's going to shut off you know, a unit's abilities. Any outright wounds is going to really hurt them, too. Uh, if you can, you know, let's say Pyromancers are just going to, if you have, like, Gregor in there, you just run into them, you know, their two-up saves is going to mean much. Um, granted, if you don't, you know, have another way to deal with them or completely knock them out and they heal back up, then you could be in for some trouble. You know, that vulnerable on six-ups is already going to be bad, but that panic. But if you can, like double uh you know double up you might have to expose your uh flanks if you double up like two units on one warrior son but don't uh don't get tied up in a one-on-one with a bunch of these warrior sons or you're gonna find yourself in an attrition battle that in most cases you're not gonna win uh but yeah turning off their abilities another thing to consider is they're gonna be throwing out a lot of tokens and they might not always uh use them all all the time uh you know, let's say they just didn't need to, or maybe some people think, oh, I'll just save it, not realizing that, you know, they might as well just use it. Or in particular, Pycelle, adding that extra layer of defense with, you know, if he takes the mail and throws multiple weakens out. Stark players, you know, Catelyn. Catelyn is so good because of her ability to take away tokens. And then uh, Renly, if you're running Baratheons, I highly suggest at least one uh, Renly list. You know, I like to run one of each right now, uh, Renly and Stannis. But Renly's ability to remove a lot of tokens with one of his cards, and then uh, uh, I believe Baratheons already have a card that removes tokens or changes them from one person to another. So, 
that's uh, something to keep in mind. Uh, nice watch players. Uh, what's the card? Um, the fire that burns against the cold. Save that for an opportune moment when they, you know, that's the only card in the game, I believe, right now. Oh, no, uh, uh, neutrals have one. Uh, the NHM one where you can move, uh, move Adaptive a token. tactics. Yep. Uh, those two cards, I believe, are the only things where you're going to be able to reactively, instantly, um, uh, because uh, Warrior Sons are going to attack and put those tokens on you immediately, and then if they want to, and probably immediately use them. But those two cards will be able to move them off you or cancel them. And Dario uh, can as well. Oh, he can. Uh, does he have a card or is it his ability? It's a card. Mercenary's okay. cunning, I yeah, think. So keep, so keep those in mind when you're playing, uh, you know, against uh, a, a faith list to that you have tools to really turn things around on them. You just have if that's a list you're really worried about, make your second list not necessarily like tailored to only fight them, but add some of those elements in there that will be able to help you know, turn things in your favor. Um, yeah, I'm going to release it uh, release it to uh, Colin here after my little rant, but just so, you know, some of you out Ranky there that are kind of worried about, you know, what you're going to do to face them. Colin, you still with hey, us? Hey, that's me. I should unmute myself before I start talking. Um <laughs> So, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to add that hasn't already been covered. I, I think one of the uh, the only things I was thinking about as we were talking about it before was just that one of the, the strengths of these Faith Militant, High Sparrow uh, lists, they're so straightforward. I mean, especially if you're just getting into the game um, or you don't really want to, you know, go in and have to think super tactically, you don't have to just run Gregor. High Sparrow, Faith Militant. Pass morale tests, kill things. Plus, the poor fellows are fantastic at cutting down giants. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> They're, like, perfect for it. <laughs> it's so much fun to run them straight into a giant. It's not for the free folk player. <laughs> They're the you exact run giants a lot right now? Like, I've I found when I run free folk, I tend to stay away from them currently. I don't see them much. Well, I, I think can it tell depends. You, uh, I, I hate think I made a poor fellows. But yeah, we'll we'll for everyone listening out there, we'll definitely jump into some giant tactics when we get to our free folk uh, uh, week. But yeah, giants yeah. I think have their place. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I think they have their place, but it just really depends. And that's again where the two list uh, format comes into you know play. It will help a lot in that instance. But um, I think. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for uh, a lot of our topics. Um, but we're going to jump right into a list made by Brett uh, that has worked very well for him. For anyone out there that uh, is, you know, looking for inspiration. And then Brett, uh, you know, he's he's the maker of the list, so he'll be able to run through a couple of the counters for it for those out there listening that then might face this list that need some answers for it. Uh, so yeah, go ahead, Brett. Okay, I uh, I generally affectionately name my lists. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a nerd on that level. 
but this is one that it, it kind of catches people by surprise because it doesn't seem like it's going to do that much. But with 1.5, I believe panic tokens are right there with vulnerable tokens as just super powerful offensive weapons. And then with a little bit of control um, is how I came up with this list, and it's been pretty damn successful. So with that said, I named the list the list Panic at the Disco. That's after the band. And it's uh, right. focused around Roos Bolton and Lannisters because I believe Roos functions maybe better in a Lannister list than he does Bolton. Now, you don't necessarily always get the bonuses from having Bolton units close by, but I'm after the Panic tokens, and I am after his cards with this list. So with that being said, Roos is obviously the commander. He is backed up with Cersei and Tywin. Um, Cersei, obviously, to double down on panic checks and to assist him with, I believe it's fear, keeps a man alive. You actually have a good chance to make them fail that test and only be able to retreat. Um, it has Flayed Men, Warrior Sons with Champion of the Faith, your regular old good vanilla um, Lannister Guard with a Guard Captain, and Knights of Castle Rock. So two of my combat units are able to push out panic tokens. Roos is able to push out two panic tokens per round. I have the two NCUs as well, so that I don't necessarily miss anything I'm going to do on the tactics board. Obviously, even outside of Tyrion, I play for the letter anyway, so I can grab a couple cards, throw a panic token there if I need to, or whatever token suits me best. Um, this list actually works really well. Uh, more often than not, I'm just using the panic tokens to trigger the damage that I'm doing with these units. Uh, I'll try to throw the uh, Cersei influence on whomever I'm going to charge with the Knights or with the Warrior Sons, and presumably they've already got a panic token on them, and it's just, it's actually low-key really offensive. And then I've got my Warrior Sons and my Guardsmen that I'll sit on objectives if necessary, and I'll just let my Cav go do work. And then Tywin, as we mentioned before, I know Walder Frey is super popular right now, um, but I really like Tywin's ability to just pop anytime he needs to. Uh, Walder Frey might let you down in a situation where you needed him the most because you don't have the crown. Uh, Tywin, not the case. The other thing is Tywin can't be Varus unless you activate him before you call the range, and he really isn't going to get intrigued and subterfuged either. Uh, both of those are a very good counter to Walder. So I never had Tywin get intrigued or Varys the entire time I played at Gen Con. It's just not something that they're going to do because you never know when he's going to pop. So that's the reason for that. Plus, he himself puts a panic token out as well. That's worth noting. Um, yeah, so it adds a little bit of control with Roos being able to strip abilities, Tywin being able to strip abilities, and it's just really nasty offense and defense combined. Uh, three plus saves, four plus saves, the Warrior Sons potentially getting a three plus or a two plus. Uh, the way to counter this, I would say, is going to be that, I mean, he's the answer to everything. What, what can I say? Walter Frey, if you shut down the Warrior Sons and take the wind out of their sails and knock that unit out, you're knocking out um, one of my anchor units. Uh, same same with a guard and captain. I know it doesn't seem like something you want to waste Walder Frey on, but if you take that guard captain away from the guardsmen, they become much, much less dependable and much less defensive. As Dave said, your morale is an extension of your defense. 
while they do have a three plus armor save or a defensive save rather, uh, if you mm-hmm. knock out the auto pass panic test, you can really start to grind them down with uh, with panic damage. Uh, the other thing is just to generally try to alpha strike the flayed men and the knights and oh. pin them down because they're way nastier on the charge than they are in a static fight. Um, it does, again, it only has four combat units, uh, very typical of my list, but uh, I've, I've had some success with it, and uh, it, it can obviously be outmaneuvered, and uh, you can play the position battle and uh, kind of knock me off of my game a little bit, but I'm a firm believer in this list, so I'd be, I'd be willing to try it out, so that's, that's mine. It sounds perfect. Well, we know you're partial to Ruse, and I I, I, I love that. Love Ruse. I love he that is, bastard too. Uh, I I love playing his cards because it just ruins someone's day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad it's person. as close to control as I can get without leaning on my boy Tyrion. So it's it's got an appeal to me. Yeah, that's your bread and butter right there, huh? I like to control things. I'm sorry. Controlling fool. It's funny, so you never you really see Roost that often in a in a competitive scene. So I feel like that list would obviously do well. I think I very I think much you enjoyed see him it. more. I think you should I think you'll you might see him more. I think a Roost and a Walder combination is really, really nasty. And I think if you can dish out enough damage to kill them, um Ron, the national champion, winning that event with Yarwick the entire way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of you know he's he's a uh, he's a trailblazer. He's showing you that uh, you can still win without your field commander. And with as powerful as panic tokens are, I think you can make a case for Roos being a very powerful commander. I mean, High Sparrow, Especially, those faithless we were just talking about, also as those well, are yeah, very competitive. So. Trust me, you can make ends meet without your ground commander when the. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, those warriors hit harder than you think until you play them, and then you're like, uh, yeah, these guys, it's a slow grind, but maybe not so slow. Yep. If you've got average armor and average morale, they are going to chew you apart. Sounds like a fairy tale. What is average? Justin, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I know because you're the neutral player, and Brett here's uh, got your boy Roos uh, trying to steal him from you. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> the neutrals are honestly better than like every other army besides neutrals. <laughs> it's, I gotta live with it. I'm just gonna play for fun and try to just get stomped on purpose because that's life. This is how I'm gonna live. <laughs> I've accepted these. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, neutrals in general uh, with Lannisters, and I know there's some, it's not to take away from other factions, uh, like, you know, there's definitely some amazing combos with Starks and, you know, other, just other factions, but I think as a whole, just Boltons and Lannisters mesh super well, uh, and right now, you know, Boltons are the majority of what you're going to see, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, with the neutrals, at least for a while. Uh, the storm crows are coming out, or they're out and whatnot, but they're still, I think, going to get spliced in there. But Boltons are going to be definitely what you're going to see, and they mix really well with Lannisters. So definitely keep that in mind if you're making a list out there uh, that 
you know, uh, any of the Bolton's units, uh, attachments, commanders will mix very well with a lot of your lists. Um, but yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, kind of the last thing we're going to talk about here is uh, Colin has a couple uh, lists for us. Sure. Uh, we're on kind of short time. I may just do one. Um, this I was talking about him a little bit earlier. I've got a Joffrey list. Um, like Brett, I like creative list names. So I named this one um, Lannister 40-point Joffrey Commander. I'm just not as good at them nice. at making them. Um, nice. But I, I played this for the I played this for the first time last week. Um, I did mostly just because I was sitting there and I, after the Kingsguard had been changed, I really wanted to try him out. And uh, with the new ability to heal, it adds just a, a whole new dimension to them. Um, so so this is my Joffrey commander list it's obviously got the king's guard with joffrey in them um not just the ability to heal but that ability to use your four flags and any combination of abilities makes them incredibly versatile as well um and then in addition to that i've got you know some lannister standbys i've got a unit of lannister guardsmen with the guard captain i've got some halberdiers with an assault veteran um those are my so the guardsmen are obviously my defensive objective holders. Um, my halberdiers at the assault vet are versatile. Um, I can use them defensively. I can use them offensively. It just depends on what situation I'm in. Uh, I've got a unit of cutthroats just to get out there and wreak some havoc. And because, as we just mentioned, Boltons are better in Lannister. Um, and then a unit of Knights of Casterly Rock just to wrap things up, give me a little bit of extra maneuverability and some hard-hitting damage. For NCUs, I'm running two four-pointers. Um, I'm running Tycho from the Neutral Heroes 2, and he's there really primarily just to help keep my Kingsguard alive. They get hit um, as long as they don't go down. Just bring them right back up, five wounds, and set them back out to causing chaos. And then I'm also running uh, Tywin. And Tywin's there basically the, the same as before um, with Brett's list. If there's something, if there's a major threat, something that's about to just really come down like a hammer on Joffrey, then uh, Granddaddy Tywin's going to step in and shut him down. Like he should. As Blackwater Bay. <laughs> so nice. I haven't run it competitively at all yet. Um, it's partly theorycraft. When I have run it just in casual games, I've really enjoyed it. It's fun, and it's been effective so far. I I like the awesome. list. Um, I I think the I think the King's Guard got a pretty substantial boost, and uh, I think the biggest point that you really nailed home is the uh, the ability to use the four flags in any way that you want. Um, they can essentially become a cavalry unit if you so choose. You know, just using the uh, free maneuver to get them where they need to be and eight attack dice always hitting on twos i mean i think everybody always loved the potential of that unit but they uh they definitely set them up for success um i love Tycho, and i i really like him in that list too it's a really clever way of keeping joffrey alive and mitigating his downside um i like the fact that your um halberds are essentially going to be um hitting on three most of the time. So it might mitigate some of those bad tokens that come from Joffrey. And 
low key if you play the uh, plus two attack dice. That one's plus one to hit as well, right? Yep. Can you play the Assault Veteran's Order with that card, though? I don't think you can, can you? You can't. They both would have the... Well, actually, the trigger... Yeah, yeah. I, I, You know what? Actually, now I'd have to look it up. I don't... Tentatively, I don't think that you can. Let me double check. I don't think that you can either. Either if the way. Unit begins, um, oh, no, no. So if this unit begins the turn engaged is really the only trigger... And I think the trigger on Joffrey's card is when they attack, right? When they make a melee attack. So I wonder, yeah. technically, if you could so, pop the assault bed at the very beginning of the turn and then use yeah. the card when they make the melee attack. Can attack dice hitting on twos with thundering? It's pretty nasty, Colin. Yeah, yeah, that'll uh, that'll do some damage. Yeah. Gonna have like a bad it. day. Have a real I like bad <laughs> day. And obviously, I'm I'm a fan of Tywin anyway, so. As you should be, Brett, like a real person. What I think is, is it really interesting out of all this is we keep talking about how effective Walder is, but we haven't really used him in any of our lists. And I think that's something that I, I've been thinking about a lot with Walder. That five-point NCU cost it is rough. It is rough, and it is hard to fit in, and I generally just don't find it worth it. I don't have a choice. I'm a neutral player. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're you're kind of cursed with expensive NCUs no matter what. I I have so many. I've tried to split my list like half and half with Barris and Walder. I find Walder to be super effective, and I think he's a must-take in a roost list unless you're fighting like a, a really hordy army, and then he's not good. Yeah. Yeah, Free Folk definitely neutralized some of his advantages. I agree with the price tag. He's definitely not like in auto include by no means. The five points is can be a bit rough, but uh because of so many lists out there, you know, great axes, uh Warrior Sons, uh Knights of Cassie Rock, Tully uh Cavaliers, you know, the list goes on. Um, Giants, uh catapults. I try to always find a way now with the uh, you know, since he's been released to put him in my second list. Uh, sometimes his ability to shut off stuff is so powerful and important that you need at least to have the option. Um, unless like, you know, you are running Roos or whatever, you know, another way to shut things off, but um, then, you know, you probably don't really need to have him or if you just want to double up on that, then you can throw him in there uh, just cause, but you know, I highly recommend uh, at least trying to fit him in one of the two lists. Um, I don't know if I would put him in both, but at least one, because he can really turn the game if your opponent is relying too much on one or two units and there are, like, abilities that could be taken away. And once again, the poor free folk are left out in the cold, unable to use them. Yeah. Well, uh We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about uh, free folk uh, in more detail again. But uh, to kind of cap, uh, to talk, I guess briefly about what you're saying. At least they do have one of the only uh, like really good counters to Walder, and that's uh, uh, Ygritte. That's how you say her name. Uh, she just, you know, being able to just turn him off essentially. Uh, granted, you know, they have the ability to uh, discard a card, correct, to leave him on, 
but they do. that could quickly uh, turn bad. Yeah, uh, and they, they've got their own way to counter everything. It's just a unique play style. Yeah, and you just you know, it's one of those things just keep in mind if you're playing as free folk and your opponent has Walder, just keep it in the back of your mind and um try to protect those units. Uh and I would say, you know, run Egret uh in at least one of your lists, if not both, you know, three point NCU for what she does is really nice. Um But uh yeah, I think that kinda wraps up uh the list. We're going to, you know, move on to uh, kind of wrapping up the show. We're going to do some shout-outs. Uh, so I want to shout-out, uh, this is the last uh, episode of ours before the Adepticon Primer that's being held in Indianapolis at uh, Family Time Games. Uh, that's uh, Brett's store. Uh, it's owned by uh, Shane. Definitely an awesome guy, and if you guys can make it out there, it's definitely worth the trip. I think we have something like high 20s, almost 30 people uh, confirmed going. So if you want to go to a really awesome uh, tournament that, you know, will really test your skills and prepare you for Adepticon, this is definitely it. I believe it's only $10 entry. Uh, We have a team tournament on Saturday and the main tournament on Sunday. Uh, Each event is only 10 a person. So keep in mind the team tournament is 20 a team. Uh, so, and there's lots of prizes. Brett's giving away a uh, Targaryen uh, starter set to whoever does to one of, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, uh, there's like a list of all these really bad things that you could do, uh, or really like rare things that you could do to, uh, and the first one to do any one of those things will win it. Uh, I believe Brett will have the list, uh, posted somewhere, uh, yeah, it's and actually the just first be a person, bunch of other prize support. It's the first person to have something. It's the first person to have one of those really bad things happen to them. Because if any of those bad things happen, it's like sad panda, but they they do get a Targaryen. It's <laughs> oh, it's definitely going to be me then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's so the definitely the recipient of definitely. any of that. Yeah, uh, so definitely check it out. It's uh, no, you're good. Um, definitely check it out. Me and uh, Justin will be there uh, if we survive the potential uh, snowfall. But if it's anything mm-hmm. like uh, last time we went out there, we had like a ton of snowfall. We get out there and there's like one snow mound in the entire town. So, Truth. Um, uh, it's definitely you know we drive what like four and a half, and a half hours, hours or something to get there. Like three and a half. Something like that. And then we lose an hour because of the time zones, um, which isn't such a big deal, you know, when you're factoring travel time. But uh, it's definitely worth the trip. If you're, especially if you're somewhere near, uh, you know, Michigan, Ohio, definitely check it out. It'll be worth the trip. Um, You'll be able to meet uh, most of us. Uh, Me, Justin, and Brett will all be there. And then, you know, Colin, he's going to be there whether or not he wants to or not. Just kidding. I really wanted to. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be able to pull it off, and then work changed my travel schedule the last week instead of this one, and it kind of screwed up my whole plans. Oh, cool. Tell me who they are. I'll fight If you. you're interested. 
for those of you that don't have a teammate and you would love to do the team tournament even and do both days, uh, just, you know, let the shop know. I'm sure they're gathering kind of a list of people that don't have teammates to kind of, you know, pair people together. Uh, they have all the rules for the um, the events on their page right now. Uh, just check. I'm sure it's uh, re somewhere recent in the feed uh, for the event page. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, anyone else out there who to, have... So I was going to say, if anybody wants no. to do that and doesn't have a partner and wants to tape like an iPad to a broom and uh, <laughs> just have me FaceTime in and show me some cards, I'll be more than happy to put some time in for it. That's fantastic. I really cool. hope someone does this. <laughs> I, I might do it. David, go find a new partner. Yeah. <laughs> You're on your own. Uh, Brett was supposed to be my partner, at least for Adepticon. He had to ditch me. I'm sorry, dude. Are you? I really am. I don't think you are. You know I love you. You're not a very sorry person. But uh, I'll be your partner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you gonna go? Are you gonna, you know, tell your work to, you know, suck it and just go with? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Adepticon. This other one, I'm stuck oh, 13 gotcha. hours in the directing traffic <laughs> in a parking lot for a dance invitational. <laughs> gotcha. Because you're dancing. Um, it's true, I am. Well, if my partner falls through, then I'll definitely, uh, you'll be my next on my list, Chris. Uh, Brett found hey, me someone, you, you know, to try to. <laughs> but uh, yeah so for um, just remember I know a lot of times it's kind of reverse uh, Saturday is the team tournament um, Sunday is the main tournament and it will be run by Martin who will be also be running the entire Adepticon uh, and will be playing the exact uh, missions and uh, I'm pretty sure like the exact layout of those two tournaments out of the four that are Adepticon uh, also, any of you out there that uh, ever have, a, you know, something you want me to shout out, a local store of yours, a tournament, um, just a big event of any kind, just let, you know, let me know. Give me all the details. You don't even have to come on the show. I will definitely give a shout out for you. Uh, if you have an article or you're a content creator and you want to come on the show, definitely just, you know, let me or Brett or whoever know, and we'll we'll schedule something. And if it's a shout out, I'll put it on the very next. I'll write it down, put it on the very next show of ours. And yeah, um, last thing I want to say is we're almost at 150 likes. Once we hit 150, one of the 150 people that have liked our page will uh, win a unit box uh, of their choice of. Uh, I have like 30 boxes to choose from, so you won't have any option. Uh, but there's, I believe, I have every faction uh, other than, you know, obviously Baratheon and uh, Targaryen, since they don't have anything but starters out right now. But uh, you'll have definitely uh, some good options uh, between things you can win. Um, but uh, yeah, as soon as we hit 150, uh, we will give one of them uh, a. Uh, a unit box, the winner, a unit box of their choice. So share this uh, uh, show out, you know, get people to like the page, and, you know, we'll definitely uh, we'll be continuing to do kind of kind of like goals for our page uh, and give out more and more uh, stuff as time goes on. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Colin, for coming on and, you know, being our guest tonight and kind of going over this uh, – Lannister, you know, all the talk about the Lannisters. Um, remember, everyone, 
share this uh, show out, give it a like. That's uh, the best way you can support us at the moment. You know, just getting the word out there, getting our views up, our you know the people listening to the show. Uh, definitely start calling in. Uh, you know, we kind of have some people call in and you know dip out before the show is over. I know it's a bit of a longer show, but if you can even listen in early and then come on towards the end of the show, that's when we're going to start, you know, letting people jump on and ask questions or just say kind of their thoughts on what's going on. And, you know, that way we can kind of, you know, uh, let you guys be a part of the show. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening in again. Thank you, Colin, uh, for coming on. My pleasure. Um, Real quick before we jump off, do you mind if I do a, Quick shout out for the On the Table Gaming website. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, man. Um, so, I'm sure most of y'all that have been on Facebook see Chase and On the Table Gaming everywhere. We've been posting our articles. Um, we really appreciate all the support and all the readers that we've had so far. Um, we've got more content coming up. We are uh, going to be focusing on some Night's Watch competitive lists here pretty soon, talking about some of the start changes. And uh, just lots of stuff coming on down the line. Also, we're still kind of looking for some Baratheon and Targaryen writers. So if you've got something to say and think you've got an interesting way to say it, please reach out to me or Chase, and uh, we'll see about getting some articles posted up for you. Um, And Dave, once again, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. And then uh, I do actually want to give one more shout-out to my local game store, uh, Games Plus, they've been gone, they've been around for ages. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's an older game uh, store, like hobby store, anywhere, at least near us, like near the Chicagoland area. Uh, and they've hosted us for a while now. And, you know, we play on uh, Wednesdays at about 5 p.m. until they close at about 11. Um, the shop, I believe, closes at 10, but they, they leave their gaming section open to like 11 uh but uh it's definitely a good place to you know meet a lot of us and uh me uh, pretty much all the hosts here except for brett uh would uh you know be around <laughs> and uh we do our tournaments every second saturday of the month um so definitely stop in uh i still have a handful of them uh ready but uh we give away anyone new so even if you're not new and you have a friend that wants to come by we give away a stark or lannister starter half of your choice uh to any we raffle it off between all the new people normally we only have one new person so that just defaults to them getting a free army uh so definitely uh, keep that in mind, especially if you're in the area for work. Uh, and if, even if you don't remember, just hit me up, and I'll you know I'll give you all the details again where it's at and what time and whatnot. Another awesome thing is uh, uh, the shop uh, covers our entry, at least for now. That's the kind of the arrangement they have, and it's just kind of a you know a thing that they you know they just know that we're going to buy from them, and you know they just they support us in that way so they for every person they just add ten dollars dollars to the pool so our tournaments are free entry essentially uh, and we just do our best to purchase everything from them as a, a thank you and to support the shop so uh you know that's kind of it for the shout outs and again uh thank you so much you know you guys listening in i know it's a bit of a longer uh show than most and uh definitely share it out and 
you know, for next week to talk about the next faction. Uh, and I guess that is it. Thank you so much. The small council is dismissed. <laughs>